Today's tea is on astrology and cosmic energy. You are going to learn from the astrologer, Natalie Holbrook. She is an intuitive astrologer and spiritual coach. You can work with her on looking at your soul purpose through an astrology reading. She can actually help you look at the year ahead. And she also does a very, very powerful healing modality called Psyche, where you heal limiting beliefs in your subconscious. I have worked with Natalie on all these things. She is a dear friend of mine and started out as a healer and has been somebody that truly helped me navigate my own healing journey and is a big reason that I have stepped into such a transformational version of myself. Astrology has brought me home to who I really am. I always say astrology has shown me how complex I am. So that means that every single one of us is that complex. And it's opened my world up to having more compassion for others and myself and understanding that we are a certain way because our soul chose this way, right? And there are certain things about us and certain ways we move through the world and our energy that's unique to us and that we actually shouldn't want to change, but instead step deeper into. And that's what Natalie will help you do. I'm really excited to also tell you about this new retreat she has called Activated and Aligned Prosperity, where she really can work with you one-on-one looking at your energy and your blueprint for prosperity and how you can step deeper into that, discover more of your gifts and heal around scarcity mindset, which we talk a lot about and stepping really into more abundance and allowing more to flow to you. So Definitely check out her website. You can also find her on Instagram at Rise with Natalie. I am so excited for you to listen to today's conversation. Get ready for this tea. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I am so honored to have one of my best friends, teachers, coaches, Natalie Holbrook here with me today. She continues to be and has been a critical part of my healing journey. She has assisted me, helped heal me and has seen me in a way that finally allowed me to see myself. And I just want to thank you, Nat, for being here. And I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners. Hello, listeners. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love how you and I are just always like a gushing love fest. First of all, I am all of that and more. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Natalie Holbrook and I am a soul purpose astrologer. I call it soul purpose because there is a huge focus on looking at what your soul came here to do through astrology and 
I call myself a spiritual coach because it's a condensation of everything that I do with astrology, with a modality that's super amazing and transformative called Psyche, which is all about tapping into your subconscious and allowing yourself to move past limiting beliefs and really step into the life that you actually came here for. And I also lead events and retreats. And in 2022, I will be hosting a big group program that I'm super excited for. So that's me. (laughs) She's doing all the things. I promise you that. And, you know, I just want to say here publicly that astrology was something I always had this interest in from when I was young. Didn't know too much about it, but I did know a little bit. And Natalie and I met, of course, serendipitously as the universe brought us together. And she has opened my whole world up to the energies that are around us, that are above us. And they really do influence us every day. Not only our energy, but to your point, Nat, like there's a blueprint that we come into this life with that you really have helped me understand. And also... The thing I always say, because I tell everybody about you, is (laughs) you have helped me see how complex I am. And if I'm this complex, that means everybody else's. And it's helped me have tremendous self-compassion and compassion for others. So I just want to thank you for that. You have such a gift when it comes to bringing this through for everyone, because it can be complex. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, it's so beautiful that you see that and the way that I think you receive the things that I say or that you receive messages from people is that you don't take things lightly, you know? And I think that that's a really beautiful example that you set for all of us to follow is that what is the lesson in this? And the fact that you didn't just make it all about you, but you were like, if I am this multidimensional, if I have this much complexity to me, that means every single one of us do. And I think that that is actually the root and the goal with astrology is that we can see, okay, there's all of these planets, there's all of these signs, there's all of these personalities, there's all of these facets to our lives that are a part of our journey. And it helps us to have more compassion and understanding for others rather than like this bitch or like this, whatever, (laughs) you know, and like get mad. Yeah. It's so true. And that's where I want to start today is how has astrology helped you get to know yourself more? And then, of course, be inspired to teach it. So, you know, it's funny because when you said that you were always interested in astrology, it made me think about if I was, and to be honest, I wasn't. That's the funny thing is that when I was younger, I would, you know, I'm a Taurus son, my birthday's May 10th, and I would sometimes read the horoscopes, but I didn't really resonate you know, I would read maybe like a newspaper or something, Cosmo or Vogue, like Teen Vogue back then. And it would say, the Taurus is materialistic and loves nice things. And to be honest, like now I do. But back then I was very like punk rock. Like I was going shopping at thrift stores. I was kind of like a bad girl. <laughs> like I was like leaving class and ditching school. And so to then have it come into my life, as an adult, I got my first astrology reading when I was 26 years old and I was in Bali. And I remember that the reader, it was this amazing astrologer named Levi Banner. And he was explaining to me only my sun, moon and rising. And I was like, yeah, Taurus, like I get it, whatever. But when he went into Gemini moon, that is when I was like, oh, okay. There's something about this. Like we're onto something here because he was like, you're a little mischievous. And 
you love writing and you are the messenger. And my job or my bachelor in school was journalism and media studies. My first job right out of college was I worked as a music and nightlife journalist. You know, everything was about writing. To this day, I'm a writer and that will always be a huge foundation in my life. And then he was like, and you're a Leo Rising, you're a performer. And hearing that was such validation for me because I grew up in musical theater and plays, writing plays, singing, dancing, acting, and having this kind of loud persona, yet also being shy because I was a Taurus and Taurus can be a little bit muted and it can be kind of like, I don't know. you know. <laughs> and so when he said these things, I was like, oh my gosh, you just said things about me that I've never even showed my current friends because at the time I was working in tech, I was kind of in this like cookie cutter role. And I was like, whoa, you just exploded. Like my mind was blown because he had said things that I had suppressed a little bit. And so to have that validation, I was like, okay, wait, maybe I am here for these things that I actually do love and care about. Hmm. It's so true. And I love that you said it gave you validation for things you already deeply felt about yourself. But I think astrology does shine a light on those things. And it also helps us appreciate them and know that some things we cannot change about ourselves. We're actually not here to change them. We're here to step more into them. And I think astrology brings that full circle and it brings that home for us, you know? And that kind of leads me into my favorite question, which is, what does it mean to come home to you now that you've been exposed to all this and you you live it? It's part of your gift. How has this brought you home to you? Mm, I love this question. Oh my gosh. I think to come home to me means being true to myself. And it means saying yes to the things that my body says a full body F yes to, and also saying no and being okay with saying no to the things that are not that, you know, and that sometimes can deter us from allowing ourselves to actually shine and to actually pursue the things that we want to. Like I'm sitting in my new home in North Carolina and I'm looking at this beautiful keyboard that I bought right when I moved in here. And when I bought this, I was like, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices, whether it's socially or even a little bit with work or whatever it might be, because I really want to play the piano again. And this is a passion of mine. And that is coming home to me. You know, that is what lights my soul up so hard that I might be a little bit different, quote unquote, than what everybody else is doing. But this is something that matters to me. And if I have to say no, I have to also let go of feeling guilt in social obligations or if someone wants to hang out, it's like, no, I get to do what I want to do. And for me, that is the greatest coming home is doing what lights me up and not feeling any shame or guilt about it. Oh, amen. You know, and I think what's so beautiful about that is acknowledging that there are some things that are just meant for you, that are mm-hmm. meant for you to even deepen your coming home to yourself. And they're not always going to get external validation, but they're not really meant to, you know, and whatever that ritual for you will do, I think it's kind of designed to fuel your other gifts and fuel your creativity in general, right? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes being true to us, people don't know what that means, right? But that's a concrete example of a ritual, you know, playing piano, basically jumping into music in a way that isn't necessarily for just performing, but 
to fuel your creativity. What you do is all creative and it has to come from your body. Like you said, it can't, the mind is going (laughs) to talk you in and out of things all day. And I just feel there's so much to be said for these rituals that we kind of come home to. You know, I couldn't agree more with needing to make those sacrifices and they're not even sacrifices anymore after you actually allow those rituals to come in. And that's kind of leads me into, let's talk about astrology and cosmic energy. How does it influence our day-to-day and the energy on earth? Oh my gosh, it's everything. It's everything. (laughs) I mean, how cool is it if you think about it? You know, if you go outside, it could be in the daytime or at night. And I personally love the days when it's the sun is out, but you can also see the moon. Because with this, you know, the energies of each planet and where they are in the sky are having an effect on your mood, on what's going on for you in your life, on what's going on in the world. Because these planetary and zodiac sign archetypes, I mean, it's really baffling the fact that the Babylonians and the Greeks and the Egyptians, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago had these downloads that were so much greater than what we can even fathom today because they received knowledge of what all of these things represent. And we were able to basically get the cliff notes (laughs) through 5,000 years later. But let's say that, you know, if you want to track your emotions, even you can look at where the moon is in the sky and see what is that going to be affecting? How are you going to be feeling? I remember my first teacher, one of the things that she taught me years ago was that I remember I was going to a meeting with her and, you know, I used to live in LA and she and I would meet in Orange County. I would drive like two hours to go see her. And I was an hour late to our meeting because there was crazy traffic, you know, from LA to OC. And she was like, Oh, well, how are you feeling? I was like, honestly, I feel embarrassed. I feel shamed. I'm so late. I'm stressed and da da da. I feel flustered. And she was like, well, let's see what happened to your moon. And I was like, what? And she pulled up an app that we use called Astro Gold. And she saw, and we saw together that the moon in the sky was directly in alignment with where my personal natal moon is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when the moon is at the same alignment as where your moon is, so I have a Gemini moon and that day the moon was in Gemini directly at nine degrees, which is where mine is. And she was like, this is where you can be bothered. You're going to feel more emotional either way. So the fact that we can even track our emotions with the moon is so cool. That is probably arguably the most important aspect because there's so much conversation now about how our emotions come and go. Mm -hmm. This too shall pass and feelings are temporary. And the truth is they are. But a lot of what stresses people out or makes people nervous is why am I feeling this way? Sometimes Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, and this is especially for intuitives and empaths, but you could not be having a great day and out of nowhere, a wave of sadness just comes. And that's happened to me. And now that I understand astrology, I understand it's because of certain aspects that are happening to my moon. And yeah. really to take it a step further, the why that's happening is to bring up something for us. Our emotions yes. are always just frosting on the cake. They're covering up something. They're trying mm-hmm. to like, unearth something, I think, you know, when we actually can feel them. And for me, understanding my moon, (laughs) it has been transformational, to be honest, because 
it also impacts how we interact with other people because not everybody feels their emotions the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about just the feeling of emotions through the elements. I think that would be really supportive for people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, the four elements are fire, earth, air, and water. So if you have a moon that is in fire, this is funny that we're doing this today because I'm actually teaching my class on this exact subject tonight. Mm-hmm. So more serendipity. But if you have a fire moon, that means that your moon is in Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius. And this means that you have a need for energy and for passion and for excitement and that you probably get riled up a lot easier than a lot of other people. And this fire moon is kind of like you came out of the gates and you were like, boom, let's go. And I'm going to do things my way. And I also have a lot of love to give and I have a lot of philosophy and I'm going to go after what I want and I'm going to be very direct and decisive and go for it and be bold and courageous. Mm -hmm. And the thing with fire moons too is that they can also burn out very quickly or they can get very hot-headed and angry. And so that's something to know that if you have one of these moons to really temper, kind of like what you had said earlier, is that with this, we are given these lessons and the moon does bring up these emotions that we can feel, okay, my soul apparently wanted to learn how to calm down a little bit. (laughs) And I'm going to have this fire moon so that I can feel passionate all the time, but then I need to chill a little bit. And then earth moons, oh, earth moons are so sweet. There is this deep, deep need for stability. There's a deep need for groundedness. And the shadow is that sometimes it can be a little bit stuck in their ways and a little attached. If you think about a mountain or a tree, you know, that is the energy of earth is that it is not moving. It is unshakable. And so if there is a Capricorn Taurus or Virgo moon, then there is going to be a deep connection to the earth. And these people really need to be outside to have their feet naked (laughs) and into the earth and touching the earth and feet in the sand or in the soil and to truly be a part of that. And a lot of the people who have Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn moons are also going to somehow be tied to either money is going to be a lesson for them to really learn in this lifetime, handling their money or maybe managing money. And then like natural foods and really like, what is it that the earth grows? How do we use herbalism and, you know, the things that come from the earth. And I think another word too, about these earth moons is that sometimes there can be a lot of stubbornness there. And so it's really about letting go is going to be a lesson in this lifetime. And and same for water, but I'll get to that in a minute. And then air moons, which are going to be our Gemini and Libra and Aquarius, which is my team of moons. (laughs) (laughs) These are a very excited and like we type of group of people that sometimes can well, they're always usually pretty chatty and they want to constantly learn because if you think about what air is, air is momentum and movement. And it is, you know, a dance and gust of wind in the sky and it can be extremely changing. This, especially for, like you had mentioned that emotions come and go for air people, air moons, a friend and I, who has a Libra moon, we will always be like, Wow, how do I feel every 30 seconds? <laughs> you know, like because it's not really just like, oh, your emotions change day to day. It's like, no, it changes every minute. Like <laughs> I have a lot of friends with air moons and I get it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like you're like, oh, I'm laying in bed, I'm so depressed. And then like an hour later, you're like, I'm at the gym, I'm doing great. <laughs> and I have a date tonight all of a sudden. <laughs> so, you know, the thing that air moons really need to focus on is stability. So we you can see that we kind of pull from each other, right? And this is how it works in your chart, is that you're most likely not going to just be all air, or all earth, or all water. You're going to have all of these different elements within you that help to come together and coexist cohesively so that you can be this, like you said earlier, like this beautiful, multifaceted, multidimensional being. Yeah. The other thing with air moons is that we can experience a lot of anxiety and panic attacks are very common for people with air moons. Just because if you think about air through our bodies, it's our breath, it's our lungs, it's how we're breathing or the shortness of breath and the feeling, you know, that we can be very, very in their heads. Mm-hmm. And then water, which is yours, oh, is yeah. we have our, our beautiful Cancer and Scorpio and Pisces moons. And these are so intuitive and empathic people by nature, you know, where you walk down the street, you walk into a room and you can just feel and sense the energy of the other people, and then also sense the effect that it's taking on you. So for anyone with one of these Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces moons, it is so necessary to have boundaries and to really almost walk out of your house every day and be like, I've got my shield of gold protection on or gold light or whatever you want that to be, because you by nature are a creative, so intuitive and really feeling oriented and feeling based where it's like this water of wave washes over you every time that you walk out the door. So it is a necessity to first of all, just know that and to know that I think in our modern day world today, people could be like, oh, this is too much. You need to be on a drug or you need to be on an antidepressant or you need to take something. And it's like, no, you just sense the world with full colors. You have every shade of sunglasses on and you are feeling it. It's like, you walk into the world like in its experience, like it's a simulation. I think that there's a deep, deep need for water moons to create. And like you mentioned earlier, we are all creatives, but especially these water moons, there's so much that gets to be seen and felt that then is a gift for us. If you package it up and turn it into something beautiful for us, that is your gift to the world. Oh, thank you for going through all that, Nat. I can't wait to get into... (laughs) the significance of that for me and my chart. (laughs) But I want to ask you, your journey with astrology has been, obviously it's taken so many different forms in your life, not only for your own personal journey, but now your business. Talk to me about your journey, discovering your gifts through the work you do and through studying astrology and helping to heal people through it. What has it brought to your life and how has it helped you discover more of your gifts and what you're here to do? Oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful question. I'm like, I could fall right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the path to discovery was really interesting because I was living in Los Angeles. I was living in Santa Monica and I had gone back to school to become a holistic nutritionist. I was working Mm -hmm. as a health coach and I had started doing some events and then people started coming to me to work together. And they had a lot more serious issues. And I was like, I'm a health coach. Like, I don't really know what to do here. So I was 32. I went back to school and I was feeling really lonely. And I was at a really low point in my life. And to be honest, just like kind of wanting to give up on life. I was just really feeling that. And I remember walking on the beach one day, I would go on these like daily beach walks because I was like, I just need beauty in my life in some way. And I was really lonely. 
even though I had a lot of best friends around me, I still just felt like I was on such a different path of going back to school at a later age. And everyone was kind of like working in their careers, you know, and I listened to a podcast where there was an astrologer who was speaking about loneliness and how loneliness is a big part of the journey of people with Pisces energy. This is something you and I bond over. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, well, I've always felt this feeling, this deep, deep feeling of loneliness my whole life. Do I have Pisces in my chart? And at that time, I only knew the Taurus, Leo, and Gemini. So I went, I ran home and I pulled up a chart and I saw that I have Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion and where we have a lot of luck, but also just a larger amount of that energy in our charts in Pisces. And that is what opened me into being like, I need to learn all of this right away. And I got into it. And honestly, I began studying it in about July of 2019 and just dove all the way in. And I didn't even think that this would ever be something that I would be doing as a career. I was just like, wow. And what happened then was that I worked with one specific teacher, that one in Orange County, and it just started to click for me. And I started to give people my friends readings and they were like, you know, you're really good at this. And I was just like, oh, I just get it. Like it's who knows, you know, like really not thinking anything about it. And at the time I did have nutrition clients and I started to be like, Hey, would you want to also add in astrology? It's this new thing I'm doing. And they were like, yeah, cool. And we started to have so many breakthroughs with who they were and with why they had these eating habits or patterns or where they went when they were dark with the moon. And all of them just started to really, really love it. And I just finished another course as well. And I was at a manifestation event. And I, at the end, heard this loud and clear voice that was like, tell people that you are offering astrology readings. And so I did. So everyone was getting uh-huh. up, everyone was leaving. <laughs> It was actually one of Amy's events. Amy's one of our mutual mm-hmm. friends and everyone was leaving. And I was like, can I make an announcement? And people are like, uh, sure. People are literally walking out the door. <laughs> and I was like, I just finished, you know, studying astrology and I'm offering discounted readings or donation-based readings. And, you know, let me know if you're interested. Five people came up to me and the next night, someone came over to my house and we did a reading and she was in tears. She was so touched and everything had was so validating for her. And the thing was, was that as I was doing this, of course, in the beginning, when you start to do something new, you're like, oh, is this going to be effective? Like, is this right? But I was just like, I'm just going to trust whatever I'm seeing and feeling. And I think that it really helped that I had already been a coach. And so I knew intuitively how to read people and how to deliver messages and speak to people and everything. And you know, I started out kind of acting like a therapist to my mom when I was eight years old. So (laughs) I've been in this game for 25 years or whatever. But then through that process, it just became so beautiful because I got to see that what I was literally translating from a chart to people's lives was so present for them. And so validating again, and gave them permission to be like, okay, this is what I'm going through. And kind of in awe of how am I reading this? And they would say, how did you know those things? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) It's just channeling, you know? And that's when I finally realized I was like, this is greater than me. This is so much greater than me. And it really made me feel like, holy shit, magic is real. Because Uh 
I did not try to be this and my whole life. I'm a very big, like make it happen person. You know, my whole life I was like, I want this goal and I'm going to get this and I'm going to be the top this and this and this. And I did that. And I achieved a lot of things. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Very dedicated. And I on the prize, baby, bull all the way. And with this though, this was just like a gift where I was like, wow, thank you, God. And I think that it was because I surrendered so many times in my life. I also think that a huge part of it was that I cut out alcohol in 2017 and I allowed myself to be a really clear channel and I didn't have anything that was blurring me. And I was really focused on who am I being as a person, who am I being to other people and really doing a lot of that type of work myself that it was kind of like the universe was like, all right, baby girl, you're ready. Here you go. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Nat. Magic is real and the Pisces energy is really about allowing our intuitive gifts to come through. Like we hear things. I'm going to just say that on the podcast now. We hear voices. We, we hear, do. We get down. We hear voices. Yeah. Hear like, voices. I see dead people. Well. I see dead people. No, but it's voices. like we really do get messages and they can come in the form of visions, a feeling like in the body. I get that and I get, I hear things and mm-hmm. it's a process to discern. But the fact that you heard tell people about this gift that is real because your ego would never say that. And it becomes like this discernment we have to learn about, first of all, what's somebody else's energy? What's ours? What's the ego? What's the intuitive voice that's coming through, which people say it's higher self, God, spirit, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's ultimately all in one. And I think you are a leading example of what it means to step into these gifts, embrace these gifts and start using them to heal other people. That is why so much goodness is going to continue to flow into your life because you do give so much of yourself to other people with these gifts. And like you said, I mean, my journey started out in that lonely place. I understand that, but you have completely alchemized. We love this word. This is our word. Mm -hmm. You have alchemized that. And now this gift is going to bring you so much goodness and it's bringing other people so much goodness. So I just want to honor you and celebrate you for that because that was a conscious choice that you made. Thank you. I received that wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and I feel it. And, you know, the thing is, is that every single one of us on this planet have gifts. And there's a reason that we have the dreams that we do, you know, you and I have different dreams. If a person on the street and I have different dreams, like we all have different ways that we like to do things and that we receive things and that we desire. And we have to remember that we desire these things for a reason, because this is what our soul signed up for. And I remember like, oh my gosh, when I was trying to do this nutrition path. And even when before then I worked in tech and there were pieces when I was working in tech that felt super right. But then I was like, Oh my gosh, like this life kind of sucks. And maybe for someone in tech though, there's tons of people who are like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I get all the work from home benefits. I want, I get paid vacation. I make 200 K whatever they're doing. And that's what they want to do. But for me, I was like, no, there's something else. And I think that the more that we listen to what we wanted as kids and teenagers, that's what we usually go back to. My original thing when I was going to college was was like, I want to be a screenwriter. Right. And that's still something that I'm going to do, you know, and it's not denying the goals and things that we have Mm -hmm. and those dreams, because that's what's validated in our charts. Oh my gosh. I remember 
a couple of years ago, I did this. It was funny. I was like, I did a birthday party. <laughs> I'm like a clown or something. But like, <laughs> I did like a group astrology <laughs> reading for a group of women who I think at this point were maybe like entering their fifties or something. And what I did is I did many little readings for each of them. They were all a group of girlfriends and, you know, they all knew each other really well. And so for probably about half of them, I was like, wow, well, you have this thing and this thing, you know, did you ever do anything with art? Let's say, for example. And I remember one of them very specifically was like, you know, that was always my dream, but I didn't follow it because I didn't think that I could. Wow. Yeah. And it was kind of heart-wrenching because to me, I'm like, it's here in your chart. This is literally what you came here for. And I hope that there's some way that you can still add it into your life because that's the other beautiful thing is it is never too late. You're never too old. You could literally be 79 years old and be like, I'm going to start working out or I'm going to, you know, live this one thing. I'm going to enter the apple pie contest, like whatever it is (laughs) that is going to light your soul up. That's right. hundred percent. And I think the arc of our lives is what astrology paints. It paints that picture of the arc of our lives. We're not meant to do everything at once. You and I both, our careers have had a winding road and we're stepping into probably our peak of our career. Even though we've already been had successful moments, like our career is later. That's part of some of the essence of our career house. And we can get into that in a second, but so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Whenever I talk about astrology and I I tell people some of these little tidbits I've learned, even the most logical, skeptical people are interested. It's breaking open a lot right now Mm -hmm. because I think, I mean, we know there's a huge awakening on the planet. There's been a lot of devastation. There's a lot of healing that's underway and awakening and ascension ultimately is the path we're all on, whether we know it or not. And astrology feels like a place people are turning to more because they're like, how do you explain these things? You can't logically right. explain it. You can't logically explain every devastation that's happened and the shifts that are underway. And there is an energy that's shifting the earth for sure. And is shifting the egoic consciousness that has been ruling earth, you know? And I always love when you bring astrology home for people in terms of what's happening with the collective. I mean, astrologers predicted COVID last year. They mm-hmm. predicted the mm-hmm. uprisings. There's so much that plays a role in the energy of the whole earth. And mm-hmm. all of us feel some of that. And then there's, of course, the energies that are navigating and, and creating our lives, you know, and the mm-hmm big things that happen in our lives. So I would love for you to give people, we can get into my chart. I'm very open about it. However you feel you want to get into it. I would love to highlight my sun, my rising, my moon, and then maybe a little bit about the houses with the big emphasis for me in this lifetime and my key lessons. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really supportive and give people a snapshot of, of what it's like to work with you when you first look at their chart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So whenever I look at somebody's chart right off the bat is I like to obviously look at the sun, moon, and rising. And the sun, moon, and rising are the three components that really make up a big part of your personality because the rising is what you're here to rise into, essentially. It's what your soul said. I want to learn more about this energy and have people also see and feel this energy when they are in my presence. And it's so beautiful. I want everyone who's listening to close their eyes and to imagine that when you were born, that there was a photographer who took a photo of the sky and that they captured every single planet and where it was and that they captured also the constellation that was the most to the east. So to the left side, 
that was just coming up on the horizon. And if you think about what is the horizon, it's the ground, right? So it's like whatever was rising up and that is the rising sign. And that rising sign is what your soul, when it was coming into that little baby body, (laughs) said, I want to be this type. And so for you, Lauren, yours was Leo rising. And that was mine too. And so when Lauren and I met, we were like, oh my gosh, Leo rising. (laughs) We could just feel it. Yeah. We're both wearing gold hoop earrings, you know. (laughs) Leo Risings love gold. Leos always basically look like lions or lionesses. It's just like... Yeah, we have big hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's a really good piece too, is that the rising sign will show what your appearance is. It's how other people do see you. So, you know, Leo is kind of the most obvious one, to be honest. A lot of times people who have like an Aries rising will be very athletic, you know, because Aries is more about being an athlete. Taurus rising is very like goddessy. They usually have like big eyes and very womanly feminine features and figures. And so, yeah, you having a Leo rising means that you are here to be a performer and to be a deep, deep creative and to self-express really the the two words for Leo and Leo in general is Mm self-expression. And it is that there is something, there is a fire within you that wants to come out and wants to be bold and be seen and to lead and to do so with warmth. The Leo is the lion. And you can think about the Leo energy as the lion that's the king of the jungle and is taking care of everyone. And also as the queen of the jungle who is sitting there looking beautiful like J-Lo. J-Lo is the classic Leo and Madonna are both classic Leos (laughs) with their jewels and beautiful things. And there's a little materialism. That's okay. (laughs) And then also like the little lion cub, like a little Simba that sometimes can be a little insecure because it's like, who am I? And do I have validation? And can I be as big and as loud and as free as I want to be? Yes. And so that is the energy that your soul said, I want to come in here and I want to lead life like this. And Leo energy is very much about being a leader. It's very much about building and hyping other people up, which is also why you always are so good at hyping others up and seeing their gifts. And a big lesson for Leo energy is before you can feel fully confident, I think in your own self, one of the ways to get there is see the things that you love in other people Mm -hmm. and realize that it's not jealousy because you don't have that. It's actually inspiration because no, you do have that. What you do love in others and what you do admire in them, you also hold within yourself. It's very important to remember that and to know, okay, I carry this piece of me too. How do I want to unleash this? I think what's been so powerful for me with the rising is it's the area that I'm most uncomfortable with, which to your point, that's what rising is. We're rising into it. We're ascending into it. We're learning to be comfortable in it. But it's also ironic to me because people see me this way. Most people think I'm a Leo, but it's often the thing that takes time for us to see ourselves. That's the rising. And the rising is arguably the most important because it's what we're meant to master, right? It's about self-mastery. It's in the it first is. house. It's, it's about self. And boy, Leo is <laughs> an intense energy when it comes to the self. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of it there. And sometimes it can be a lot for other people to handle. Some people might be like, whoa, that's a lot. Or that's quote unquote too much or too Oh, big. I've gotten that many times. I've gotten that too. Yeah. This is where it's really the journey of self-love because Leo is also the only sign that rules the heart and is ruled by the sun. So, you know, some people need sunglasses. 
<laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> Let them wear their sunglasses. <laughs> those sunglasses on, get ready. Yeah, get your umbrellas out, baby. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so then we have the sun in Sagittarius with your birthday coming up in 14 days. Oh. And let's see. So the sun in Sagittarius, oh my gosh, Sagittarius is the philosopher. It is the eternal student and the eternal teacher. You know, Sagittarius and Gemini both have this in common, which is part of why you and I work out so well, mm-hmm. is because the Gemini energy is very much like, I'm going to learn this and this and this. And it's a little bit elementary at times. And I don't say elementary in a bad way. It just means it can kind of grasp for everything. It's like that curious. Very curious. Exactly. Yeah. It's like very childlike wonder. Whereas then the Sagittarius is the opposite. So it's kind of like, let's go to the higher mind. What does it mean when we go travel to India and we sit in silence for 12 hours a day? What are the deep things that come in from God or from whatever higher force that it is that is wanting to then download into us? And how can we also live large and give back? We also look at what planet rules each sign. And Jupiter rules Sagittarius. And so with this, Jupiter, again, is about expansion, larger than life, grandness, bigness. They are so generous. And this is who you are, Lauren, is like the most generous person I've ever met. (laughs) And so giving up time, giving up your heart, giving up your energy, giving up your money and buying gifts for people, you know, which is something that both Sagittarius and Leo energies love to do. So you have a lot of fire. And it's very much about being a teacher, but it's doing so in a way that's really helpful. You know, there's a lot of preachy, the shadows, totally. The shadow (laughs) is absolutely preachy and you know, you can admit to being that and people Mm -hmm. who have Sagittarius sun, moon or rising definitely can admit to that. And also there's an exaggeration of things, right? Sometimes Sag energy can be so overwhelming because it's Jupiter. So and sometimes I've had to learn to channel this more. It's still a process, but Mm -hmm. sometimes so much wants to come through me, especially when I'm talking to people Mm because I can see them and I can almost like see what they need, see what they Mm -hmm. need to hear. And I'm learning to wait for the invitation because Mm. not everyone's ready to hear that. They're just not, you know, and maybe it might not be true for them right now or whatever, but Sag is a very intuitive energy too, but that fire makes it want to be like expressed, you know? So for sure. And With all fire signs, with just the evolution of the chart, and this is more advanced astrology that you know, but for any of the listeners, there's an order of, we start at Aries and it goes Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and all the way through. And then we end with the last quadrant is Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. And so that last quadrant, those are the more mature, so to say, signs of the Zodiac. That doesn't mean that it's a more mature person, but it's kind of like, you've lived many lives before, right? Yep. And so that Sagittarius, the Aries is like straight off the bat. It's like, let's get naked and run around and be yeah. crazy and be athletic. Young And energy. Leo is like, let's perform. I now have this knowledge and I have a song to sing. And, you know, yeah. and then Sagittarius is like, okay, now let's travel further and let's go further. What does the higher mind have to say? And trust me, they're going to be getting wild and crazy too, because all fire signs want to be wilding out. <laughs> but there's definitely this guru energy that comes along with Sag. Most definitely. Well, I love how you describe the energies. Oh, it's so (laughs) So And then yours is in the fifth house. And so this is where we get into houses and 
to where the energy is that lies around this and what the fifth house represents is creativity and performance. And this is the original Leo house. So we have an original map of what each sign is a rulership of. So each house will have an energy of that. So it's kind of like, and I think we've always said this before, it's almost like you've got like a double hit of Leo with this, with your son being in the Leo house, but in Sagittarius. So this means that when you are in your Sag, you know, of you being maybe preachy or really of you being philosophical, being a leader, being a teacher, is that you're going to do it with a Leo flair. It's like you walked into the Leo house, but you're wearing a Sagittarius outfit. Mm -hmm. And so you get to do all of your leadership with so much fun, with so much sparkle, with music, with dancing, with excitement and conversation, all of the things. It's kind of like this double energy of Leo and Sagittarius together. And you do it in that fashion. Hmm. It's been a huge piece to me finally saying I need to be creative, like whatever the creative things are, because there's a double dose of the need for creativity. So it's been really powerful to learn that. Yeah. And I mean, I know that that's been something that we was working together, have focused on so much because then we pull in the the home run of creativity. Here it comes. (laughs) Is your moon in Pisces in the eighth house. Okay. So the moon in Pisces is so sensitive. Oh my gosh. I just love Pisces energy. It's so sweet. And your sensitivity is a superpower. And I think that a lot of people look at, oh, my sensitivity is weak. Or I hope you didn't think that I was weak because I cried or because I shared this with you or because I shut off. But no, this is the superpower. And this is the epitome of oneness. It's really about wanting to create the deep connection to the heavens and not just to the earth, but to your soul Mm -hmm. of what is my connection to God? What is my connection to the stars? What is coming through me? And how is it that I sense and perceive the world? And how do I then create something with it? Because you do feel so much that it's basically like you have to create something with it. You know, I know that when I've been in very deep heartbreak is when I've written the best songs or when I've sometimes been able to create the most beautiful things because I'm like, wow, if I felt that, other people have felt that. And that's who you are at your core is also so sweet and giving and loving. And it wants to take care of people is also what it wants to do. And then the fact that you have your moon in the eighth house, which is the original Scorpio house. So it's cool too, because it's it's like a water and a water. You have the water moon in the Scorpio house. So this gives you so much depth and also a constant motion of transformation yes. because Scorpio is the death and rebirth energy. So your emotions, so it's kind of similar to how that air is where I'm like every 30 seconds and you're like every two hours. (laughs) Do we change? Because it also is the moving through of emotions. And sometimes it's very painful and it can be very deep. It's so intense sometimes, you know, I think the biggest aspect I've learned is that not everyone is for me. Not everyone's going to understand me and not everyone's interested in my depth. The temptation is to go deep with everybody, but not everyone can hold that. And it's okay. You know, so for me, This has also been much like your self-love journey. For me, it's been a lot about finding home within myself to process and go through that transformation and the intensity of my feelings and emotions. 
with myself and not really expecting or looking to other people to get me. And I do think as I've surrendered to that, more and more people that actually do get me and see me come into my life. So that's where I'm at today, you know, and it's taught me a lot about the things I tried to hide from because the Sag and Leo energy is very easy to hide from this depth I have. It's very easy to just be like energetic and passionate and not feel the more like depth, depth, depth. Because I feel like fire signs will just go on to the next thing. They'll feel something, but go on to the next thing, you know, or look for another. Whereas water, like I'm forced to like feel it, especially the older I get. So I've made my peace with that. And I do see it now as more of a superpower, like you said. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful just notion on the fact that if you think about what a fire is, fire is change. Fire is alchemy. Fire is you put food on a fire and it turns into a different thing within 15 minutes, right? So there is that element and we have to have the water to balance that. So you have a beautiful balance there and the acceptance of knowing. And I think that this is why everyone absolutely should learn their moon sign because then you will understand yourself so much better and you come to peace with it. You come to peace. Like for me, knowing that I have an air sign, I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm going to just change my mind so much. And other people are going to be like, you're crazy. I can't keep track of you or you're so funny or da da da. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can get kind of offended by it, but then you're like, you know what? It's okay if they don't get it. What matters is that you get you. That's right. You love you. Oh, you get you. I love that. You get you, you do you, boo. (laughs) That's right. I would love for you to lastly tell people about my North Node and the North Node in general and the significance for me because it's in the same house as my moon. So the North Node is where we're going. So It's our destiny piece. We have a South Node, which is what we came in with from another life and pieces that are our gifts that we take with us and also pieces that we shed and that we say, we don't need this part anymore. And this is where we go North. And so you have a very special North Node because it is right next to, or what we call conjunct to your moon. And so this means that your destiny piece, which is also in Pisces and also in the eighth house, is like an Oreo cookie tied together to the moon. So with that being said, that means that your emotions and your intuition, all of the things that are of the moon, even women, your relationship to your mother, because these are all things tied to the moon, are drivers of your destiny. And that your destiny is to become more Pisces, is to use these intuitive hits that you get is to use the empathy that you have for yourself and for the world in stepping into what is your destiny. And I think that destiny can be a little bit confusing because people are like, oh, it's my destiny, the career, you know, and we think that it's like the career, but no, it's not. Destiny is just what you're learning as how you be, how you are, how you live, how you breathe. And for you, it's like, oh, I get to be in this state of constant feeling. It's really like, you take things to the deepest level possible and you can choose which levels and which layers you want to float in. If -hmm. you want to be floating on the top of the water and be shimmering and be in the state of ecstasy or that sometimes there will be the depths of the ocean and it will feel like you're drowning or it will feel like you're floating all by yourself. Because Mm -hmm. that again is the journey of Pisces as well is that it can be very lonely 
but it's the making friends with the loneliness, the making friends with the demons and all of a sudden being like, actually, they're my friends now. This loneliness is a part of me because sometimes you can only do things when you're lonely or when you're alone. And that when you're alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely negatively. So that's a big, big piece of it. And then because it's in the eighth house, this is the word, it's alchemy. It's transmuting and transforming and alchemizing whatever the things that are very difficult about the Pisces and Scorpio energy that you say, how do we now turn this into gold? Which also makes your Leo rising so happy because it's gold. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The way I, I look at it now is I think I'm here to be a healer of some kind. Pisces is a healing energy. And so my intention is to really start using this to create things that can heal myself and other people. It feels like being an example of healing as well, leading by example through this depth and darkness that I experience sometimes, you know, and I've talked to other people that have this and it's the same journey. This is what is wild about astrology. Like it is so real. It's so, so, so real. And for me, it's helped me understand that not everybody feels to the depths I feel, you know, and they're not supposed to. This is my lesson. The North Node is so much about our lesson in this life and I'm learning it, but it's been hard because it feels so (laughs) polar opposite from all this fire that I have. And then some of the practical aspects of like the Capricorn energy I have. And so I'm learning to integrate them. And, you know, you know that Pisces and Virgo are known as our, our two main healers of the Zodiac. And the way that Virgo does it is very practical and very tangible and very much of the earth because it's an earth sign. And that is what your South node is. And so that means in another life, you already did that. You already were like, okay, I can do hands-on healing or I can learn how to make a lot of money. So then with my money, I can heal. And we've talked about your journey with finances and abundance. And it makes so much sense because not only is it in Virgo of being a healer, but it's in the second house, which is the house of abundance and self-love. And so you got to say, I'm going to take with me the ability to learn how to activate abundance and to be this healer of the earth. And in this lifetime, learn how to be a healer of the metaphysics, of Mm. the things that you feel, but you don't see. And that you maybe see because it's like, how do you not see this thing, but it's not something that you hold on to. And that is how you heal yourself and heal others is through the magic of the invisible. Do you see how powerful these sessions are with her? I would book it. Get it booked. Don't waste any time. I say this with the most authenticity, working with you and understanding these aspects of who I am and what I'm supposed to step into has changed my life. I would not be doing what I'm doing. This podcast wouldn't have even come to life if I didn't work with you. So I just cannot express my gratitude to you enough. Thank you for taking everybody through that. Before we end, I would love for you to give your little snippet or assessment of what we have to look forward to in 2022 for the astrology of next year, which I believe is magical astrology. And I would just love anything you feel called to share that would be beneficial to everyone, especially to know about some of the energy that the collective is going to go through. would love to know what you'd want to share there. Yeah. So there's three really big things that I want to talk about quickly. So first we have the Pluto return, which is massive. You guys, we think that 2020 and 2021 shook us. 
it was the preparation. So I don't want to scare anybody, (laughs) but there's going to be other things that are going to completely shift our world. And we don't know what they are yet. When we were able to predict that COVID might be happening, it's not like we were like, there's going to be a thing called COVID and that's going to be this worldwide pandemic. No, but we knew because there was Saturn and Pluto together in the sky, which are very intense, deep energies of restriction and limitation and discipline and discernment with the death and rebirth. And that is what COVID was the manifestation of. But what is now coming up in the beginning of next year is this Pluto return. And what Pluto is, again, is the transformation. It's also the shadows and the secrets and things coming to light. And it can feel like you took a glass bottle and just shattered it because there is a need for a rebuild Mm -hmm. and for reconstruction. And the last time so this happened, it was the American Revolution. And also, you know, when France had this, it was the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. So revolutionary is the word pretty much, because this is going to be something that will happen. I think to prepare for this is to get yourself into a very good mental state and resilience and know yourself know who you are and stand tall and stand strong to almost like an iron rod that you are you and that nothing is going to shake you and get yourself kind of in order. And it's not like this thing of like, oh my gosh, I got to do all this work now. No, but allow yourself to be flexible and to be mutable when things are going to change because things are going to change and things already have changed. And to be honest, going through COVID is the best thing that our world could have done because it, again, has elevated our consciousness. And this is all part of the divine plan. And it's the deep trust that everything is happening for a reason and that your soul is so strong and resilient that it came and it chose to come at this time. There's a reason that you are here. That's right. No one can know what that means, but a lot of what Pluto does is it's the slowest planet, slowest moving. Mm -hmm. And it almost can be this like, subtle transformation that all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I feel different. I am different. The world around me is different. Pluto basically tells us like, it's time to change. Yeah. Whether you want to or not. Whether you want to or not. And for people that can handle change, this is a time that's okay. For people that are really resistant to change, this is a, a great time of learning. It's nothing. I think people always ask me like, doesn't astrology scare you? It's like, no. Nobody can predict anything specific, but Natalie's trying to emphasize that we are going through a time of great change. And what always brings me comfort is that we chose to be here for this. We really did. We chose to be here. And, you know, this is like a funny side note. On Sunday, I was decompressing from having family in town and I was like, I'm just going to watch. So I love Paris Hilton. And I was like, I'm going to watch Paris in Love, which is her TV show about her getting married on 11-11. She is such a smart businesswoman, by the way. She's an Aquarius. It's just a Leo moon. Makes mm. so much sense, right? She's also a Sag rising. She was talking about how in 2007, there was this MTV award show that Sarah Silverman said some really mean, mean words to her on national television. And it was a really vulgar, vile comment that she made about Paris. And... I watched it and I went back and I was like, I cannot believe that these types of words were allowed back then and that people were ridiculed. And social media as being a part of the age of Aquarius that we are now in is a huge help to our 
souls evolving because we have now been able to speak out and to understand each other from different points of views and to say, this is wrong and this is right. And you do not say this and treat other people like this. And that's a segue into another huge thing that's going to be coming up in December is the movement of Jupiter, the planet of expansion and optimism and luck and making everything increased and bigger and heightened than it is into Pisces. And Pisces, again, being the sign of magic. The other thing too that I didn't really mention about Pisces is yes, there's the loneliness and there's the spirituality, but there is play and imagination and movies and music and the mystic, you know, this is really artists. It's art. You know, I have an Instagram post that I made last year that I'll do again once we go into Pisces season, but it was all about all of the artists that are Pisces. And oh my goodness, it's like Kurt Cobain, George Harrison, Rihanna, like so many of these massive people, I believe Nina Simone, people who just felt so, so deeply. And so as Jupiter moves into Pisces, this means that there's going to be an expansion of our creations and of our creativity. So this is going to be time for every single one of us and the planet to tap into what is your unique creation that you want to offer into the world? And also, how is it that you can connect deeper? Because with the Pluto return, you're going to need it to your spirituality and to your deeper sense of self. Everything happens for a reason, you guys. You can look at the chart of your own chart, but also the chart of the world and be like, oh, we're about to go through a potentially very difficult time where we're all going to be shook up. But we have Jupiter and Pisces that is saying, okay, hold on to God or the universe or your higher self, whatever it is that you believe in. And don't allow yourself to fall persuasive to what everyone else is saying or believing really stick to you and to your connection to your higher self and to creating during this time and to imagining because this is our time of also being emphasized to come together in oneness. So beautiful. Yeah. So this is a big time that we have. And then the other, the last piece is that, you know, we have, like we mentioned earlier, the North nodes and the South nodes and the North node and the South node right now have been going through Gemini and Sagittarius, which are all about philosophies. The South Sagittarius has been in and Gemini communication. You can see that this has been playing out in our world for the last year and a half is how long they last about 18 months. Every single thing has shifted to online. Every single thing, you know, two years ago, we weren't zooming all the time. Like we weren't doing all these things. The technology was there, but we weren't using it as we are now and about curiosity. And also really the last two years of COVID have woke people up and it has really made people be like, okay, I got to get into something. I don't want to get into a religion, so to say, but I need something deeper. I need some type of sacred devotional ceremonial practice. And that is what Sagittarius brought to us too. And so now we're moving into Taurus, into the North Node and Scorpio, South Node. So we are going to be bringing back new ways of transformation. We are probably going to maybe be seeing some secrets unveiled because Scorpio also rules secrets. So there could be things coming out about the government or about finances and structure and the way that things have been run that maybe have been pushed under the rug for a little bit and that we might be seeing. But also on a personal level, this is about clear out your own skeletons and get true with what is it that you desire? What is it that you really want? What is it that you can alchemize here? And then as we move into Taurus, Taurus is about stability and grounding and about money as well. 
And so this is about how is it that you can make your money in a most ethical and true way to you. And really, this is going to be a deep, deep time of rewiring your money mindset and reimagining what's available to you and what's possible to you. And saying that there's kind of this also energy of sensuality and sexuality, which is about procreation. So it's a time for you to truly create and be proactive in creating your new earth. Oh, so beautiful, Matt. I think what's going to be essential is an abundance mindset. Some people roll their eyes when I talk about scarcity because there are people that are fully bought into that system, right? Fully bought into only certain people get things and other people don't. And Mm -hmm. that system is being washed away. 100%. (laughs) Next year, I think there's going to be a lot of shifts in the economy, the beginnings of big shifts because this scarcity economy, it ain't going to work. There's no coincidence that we're in uh, the highest inflation period right now because what goes up, must come down. There's a, a leveling out of resources for people across the board. You know, the earth is being asked to balance out to your point. The Pluto return, I think, is all about balance. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about like what needs to balance out from what has been like the scales have been tipped too much one way. And I think earth in general is seeking this balance. And you know, when people talk about light workers, light workers are here to assist in that <laughs> and go against the systems. I just believe that we can reimagine a world that's through the lens of abundance. I will believe that until the day I die. And I feel that next year is the beginning of that because Jupiter is really asking us to, and the Taurus North Node is asking us to think about how we make our money, you know, and, and how we even think about money. Mm-hmm. And that money is a portal for what we are here to do. It's not just for us, us, us. So I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I think there's so much that is coming. But when people talk about the new earth, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> like this stuff is yes. happening and we can either get on the bus or not. But ultimately like this is happening, whether we're here for it or not. And I think that's what's helped me because like you said, we chose to be here for this. We chose mm-hmm. to be a part of this. And rebuilding is such a beautiful opportunity. You know, there's always going to be this like negative way to look at things, but that's not what this is asking us to do. This is asking us to reimagine, you know, mm-hmm. and to your point, the foundation of creativity that's there is really asking us to create anew. Absolutely. And it is way more fun on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Taurus is also about your talents and your gifts and self-love and self-worth. And this is the time to rise those things up and to really look at yourself and know that this Pluto return is for anyone who's living in the U.S. and, and really for anyone, because the U.S. is the country that affects the whole world. Our souls chose to live here and be in this time develop your own gifts. What are your skills? What are the things that get you excited to do? Because that's what you're here to do. And Scorpio comes out. Scorpio is no BS. Scorpio does not like to waste time. It does not like to fluff things. It's like, we're going to get down to the effing point and it's going to do that. And it's going to make you stand up and be who you are. And how awesome is that opportunity to say, you have to be you. Beautiful. Mic drop moment, just like a Leo <laughs> rising does. Only, only a Leo rising. Do, baby. <laughs> um, 
Oh, thank you, Nat, for all of this and for dropping all this knowledge and for always being so authentic, so honest, so real, but so loving in everything that you do and say and think. And I just love you so much. Let people know where they can connect with you. And I know you have a really amazing offering that's coming up. So I would love for you to let people know about that. Yeah. So the best way to connect, I'm super active on Instagram. So you can connect with me over at rise with Natalie is my handle, my stage name. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I have a new offering that I am so excited about. And this is going to be offered up until February 1st. And it is called the Activated and Aligned Prosperity Virtual Retreat. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is really all about activating and aligning you to your greatest source of prosperity, whether that is in the categories of money and wealth, but really it's like abundance is everything you within your relationships, within your career, whatever it is that you are stepping into. And the way that we will be doing this is through a three and a half hour private one-on-one virtual session, where we're deep diving into your birth chart. You get to experience everything that Lauren has so graciously and beautifully articulated through your own chart and learn about yourself, learn about what are these talents and gifts and skills that you do have that maybe you're not using. And what are the challenges that you know that you're facing? What are the blocks that you have? And using Psyche to move past those. And it's like, Hey, we didn't even touch on because there's so much fun stuff to talk about. It's an amazing process to fully rewire your subconscious. And we use muscle testing and we test out what is it that your subconscious is really thinking about and what is it that we want it to have embedded. And it is the most magical process in the whole world. I personally got over a 15 year eating disorder through this. It was the only thing that got me through. And Lauren has also had a plethora of breakthroughs as well. What was your kind of biggest thing that you feel like you've broken through with Psyche? Self-love and knowing that my deepest wound is unworthiness. Yes. To know what your deepest wound is and what you're here to heal is a game changer because everyone has one. Every single one has one. And there's not that many wounds. There's certain wounds and psyche. The wounds come from the subconscious beliefs we learned as a young child. So Mm -hmm. things we observed or things that happened to us, it doesn't really matter, but the beliefs are there and they're playing a role in our daily lives, you know, and what you helped me do with psych, I highly recommend a psyche session with Natalie. It's it's life-changing and it can just unearth a lot of things that you can't really know at a conscious level. So highly recommend that. I'm glad you brought that up, Nat. And I'm so excited for your prosperity retreat. Oh my God, that is going to be so magical. Talk about an abundance mindset and to step into the energy of prosperity so that the actual physical aspects of prosperity can come through because it's not the other way around, you know, and I just love that you're focusing on that and what a beautiful year to focus on it. So I could talk to you for seven hours. (laughs) We do. I'm so grateful to you for sharing all your knowledge today. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for your gifts and what you contribute to the world. I love you and I honor you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.